you are in the driver's seat. That is the big message. You are in control of your brain and your life. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do, that you interact with, that you learn, that you practice, that becomes a habit, it all changes your your body, your mind. It changes your brain. Your, your whole system as a human is constantly changing uh, based on all the experiences that you have. Um, even the thinking that we do, if we are habitually thinking or believing something, it's going to be more likely that we'll continue to believe that thing. Mm-hmm. One of the rules of the, of, uh, I'm going to get a little out there. One of the rules of the universe is momentum, uh-huh. momentum, momentum rules. So as uh, <laughs> in a similar way that in the physical world, momentum kind of carries things on the momentum of your habits and your practices Mm -hmm. Uh, matters a lot. I think that people might be able to relate to this. If you're not working out, you make up excuses for not working out. The second that you can just do one freaking push up, or you just get one good workout and you go, you know what? I kind of want to do that again tomorrow. Or I kind of want to do that again, even if it's just a little bit, but that momentum gets things going. So I think an easy way to understand this neuroplasticity business is your habits are reflected in your brain Mm -hmm. and you can literally change your brain, the structure and function of your brain by continuously practicing new things or things that support the things that, uh, that you want. But, you know, a momentum goes in the other way, just like it's hard to work out. If you're not working out, if you're practicing silly beliefs or beliefs that aren't so helpful, which we all do, we all do that. Uh They're more likely to stay there too. Welcome to the HNL movement podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone, to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. For any of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about all of these topics, strategies that really help you to optimize your performance. For all of my returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in and all of the support. For anyone out there, if you haven't heard some of the previous library of episodes, go check that out. You can find all of this and listen to them on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And also, I've been putting up short highlight clips on my YouTube channel, so check that out as well. You can just search for the HNL Movement or HNL Movement Podcast, and you'll find the playlist on my YouTube channel. I'm also putting up a lot more YouTube content, so everything that will help you with training concepts, tips and corrections with exercise technique, anatomy videos, biomechanics videos, and the whole realm to really optimize how you're training and elevate your performance. You can also find more free content on my social media. So everything is at h Movement. Go check that out, interact with me. I would love to hear some feedback or questions from you as well. With all of that, today's episode is super interesting and very fascinating to me. And I hope that you'll enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So today's episode, we have Max Newland, the president of BrainCo, joining me for this episode. We talk about a lot of fascinating things, and they have been working on these consumer-based products that will really help you to train your mental health, keeping your mental well-being sharp, and this will carry over into all areas of your life, and you'll start to see benefit beyond just the mental capacity, but just with focus, with performance, with training, sleep. We dive into all these topics, and he really explains and does a 
great job in walking us through the process, not only with their products, but even how research in the industry has progressed and how this is going to continue to progress in the future. This area of mental training has really grown in the past few years, but there's a lot of research and evidence that backs up some of these training strategies and some of the improvements that you'll see with pretty much everybody outside of the performance world too. Just with even doing daily tasks, managing stress throughout the day, going to work, going to school, and just handling all of the demands that's thrown at us. So this is a great episode. Make sure you listen into all of the gems in this episode. Max does a great job in sharing all of this with us and I really had a pleasure sitting down and talking with him. At the end of the episode, we'll talk more about how you can get a hold of these products and their app and make sure that you check out their website. I'll put everything in the show notes, but I don't want to spoil anything. Let's jump into this episode. This is a very enjoyable episode for me to record, so I hope all of you enjoy this episode as well. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Today is going to be a very interesting and fascinating episode. I'm very interested in this topic and we're going to get all into the nitty gritty of what this company does. But I would like to welcome Max Newland to the podcast and he is the president of BrainCo. So thanks so much for joining me, Max. Of course. Very thrilled to be here. This is going to be an exciting episode. So before we get started, just so that people know what we're getting into, why don't you give us a little short snippet of what BrainCo is? I know you have three branches of the company and explain a little bit about that. So BrainCo is a brain computer interface company, which means we develop technology that measures what's going on inside the brain and gives people a way to connect directly with the world around them. So we develop sensors and different applications and interventions in the brain-computer interface space. And we apply those technologies, like you're mentioning, in mainly in three, in three main ways. One is for prosthetics, uh, for people who have um, uh, maybe lost a limb. One way is in education, teaching middle schoolers and high schoolers about neuroscience, about STEM careers and what they can achieve using our technology in a learning environment. And the third way is with our brand called Focus Calm, which is a brain sensing headband and app that trains your brain for better focus and a calmer mind. Yeah, we're going to get into all of this. And it's fascinating with how much more advanced technology and research has progressed in the field, but also with products like yours to really help people strengthen their mental health, right? To be in a better state to handle all of the stressors in life. So we're going to get into all of that. Before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your backstory. So explain a little bit about where you grew up, kind of were you always fascinated into these types of careers when you're growing up and what kind of led you down this career path? Yeah, of course. So six-year-old Max is uh, meditating outside during recess for uh, God knows why. My parents say they think it had something to do with me watching the Power Rangers when I was a kid. Uh, but they got me into martial arts. I was really interested in kind of like that angle, probably because of Power Rangers. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, and in martial arts, you do a lot of meditation. And a big kind of core principle is your focus determines your outcome or your results or your performance. So combine that with, you know, watching all these awesome Kung Fu movies where people have these like magic powers because they've mastered their brain or their mind in some way and it unlocks some potential and their ability to to fight the bad guy, you know, six-year-old Max is thrilled about about this idea. <laughs> so for a really long time, I was interested in the potential of the mind, started studying psychology and 
uh, throughout my uh, martial arts experience, started to dive deeper into the meditation side, the mental side. So I started doing some meditation practices through high school and ended up studying cognitive science for my undergrad and human development and psychology for my uh, my graduate school work. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between there, worked in some fMRI uh, mm-hmm. research labs. So the fMRI is that big tube that you go in and you can scan the brain. Yes. And um, I helped do some research on how yoga and meditation affect the brain. So there is this like human potential angle. There's this neuroscience angle. You know, there's this meditation angle. And I linked up with BrainCo about six years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and they were working on some early prototypes. And I saw the potential for, for what this could be. Yes. There's so many things that I want to dive into a little deeper. So when you started martial arts, was it a lot of different martial arts or what martial arts did you primarily get interested in and start learning all of this meditation techniques? Yeah. So uh, I did Kempo Karate and actually the lineage for my school was actually a Hawaiian. It was Hawaiian, really Hawaiian influenced Kempo Karate. Um, And so I did that for about, I guess, 12 years. And then I also did, um, some Southern praying mantis Kung Fu. Um, and yeah, at the beginning of every class, they have the, you know, even when you're a little kid at the beginning of every class, you have to sit, kneel down, you know, you take nice, slow, deep breaths, let the rest of the world go and just focus on what you're about to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I love that I got that exposure as a kid. I think that was really healthy and really, um, you know, strengthened that muscle and turned me on to this idea of, you know, self-regulation and what that means for your well-being and your performance. Yes. It's interesting. All of the things that we might not even realize the impact that it has on our lives when we're at a young age, but all of these different activities that you jump into, sometimes you don't realize how big of an impact or how much of an influence it has on your life until later on, right in our careers. And I like what you guys are doing there because you have a lot of evidence-based practices. You have, there's a ton of research out there. So, you know, me kind of being interested in this realm, to give a little backstory, I was mentioning to you right before we recorded is that I've been interested in kind of the neuroplasticity side of strength and conditioning and rehabilitation following injuries. So I've been kind of looking into this area of research, but when it comes to just overall health focus, right, productivity, I didn't realize how much research there is out there. So I just did kind of a quick search and I was like, there's so many things that they're using some of these interventions to treat chronic pain. They're using it to treat other neurological disorders, right? And they're seeing that it does have a, a positive influence, you know, on many of these conditions that maybe there's not too many other ways that we can treat it. It's more like managing the symptoms, right? But anyway, what I want to get into is that I think your uh, master's program was at Harvard University, right? And you have a bunch of the staff at BrainCole, you know, collaborating on these projects, and they all have that background, either in neuroscience or some type of neurocognitive kind of learning, or I think psychology or psychiatry too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They run the gamut. Yeah. So you have all of these disciplines coming together to create these products that are really going to make an impact on all of these people's lives. I did want to ask you, so with that fMRI study that you were helping with, right? What kinds of things specifically were you looking as far as outcomes? Like what were you seeing? Give a little background on that. Yeah. It was a really fascinating study. Mm-hmm. We um, asked people to join the study who had no meditation experience, okay. and they were uh, randomized to a few different groups. One was an exercise group okay. uh, where they learned kind of like how to manage stress through exercise or just like, um, 
yeah, like different kind of techniques like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other group was the meditation group. So they're learning a standardized eight-week uh, meditation program that's called mindfulness-based stress reduction. So both groups of people are getting kind of like this community feel. They come together once a week. They're both learning things, uh, but one is really geared towards mindfulness, and the other one's kind of just like general uh, healthy tips on like kind of how to live your life. And before they start their training, they go into the scanner. We look at their brains, and we're looking at different structures of the brain to see and different fun- and how the brain is functioning too, just kind of like baseline. <laughs> and then we do something um, kind of devious. We uh, show them different images while they're in the scanner, okay. and they're hooked up to a couple different sensors. One is a sweat response sensor okay. to measure stress, and the other one is a electric stimulation device that uh, doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Yes. They basically they get they get to set the level of of kind of the intensity beforehand, but it's like you know it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we show them these different images uh, of a lamp, let's just say in a library. And the lamp will go different colors and we condition them by giving them this electric stimulation that every time they see the red lamp, they're going to feel something they don't really like so much. Okay. Every time they see the yellow lamp, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they, they don't, they don't receive the shock. And the idea is to condition them to be, uh, I guess, anticipate or maybe not so much like certain color, certain colors that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Then they go through this, this training, they learn all these techniques and we put them through a similar situation again. And what we found was people who go through the meditation training are able to anticipate the shock before it comes. And once it comes, they do get stressed out, but they're able to come back to baseline much more quickly uh, and relax their bodies based on their sweat response compared to the other group. So what we found behaviorally is that meditation gives you a vision of the landscape. Like, you know, what's going to come, you know, what's coming. And the reason is in in this meditation training, you're practicing this habit or the skill of being aware of the contents of your awareness. What's Mm -hmm. happening? What do I think is going to happen? And you're also training the ability to come back to some sort of centered, calm place. So when I do something stressful does happen, you're still going to get stressed. Everyone gets stressed. But if you can come back to baseline more quickly, that's going to be really advantageous. Um, And so that's what we saw behaviorally. And then structurally and functionally, the big kind of idea is anything you train, like any skill or, or any habit, uh, any practice you do is going to change your brain. Like if you are a, you know, a master musician, because you're using certain parts of your brain way more than someone who's not, you're going to see differences. And even after eight weeks, you start to see differences uh, in the brains of people who are learning meditation versus the ones who are not. And it, it seems to have quite, quite an interesting effect both within eight weeks of practice and even longer term, there's a a bunch of uh, really interesting results and benefits you get from continuing this type of practice. Got it. You answered so many questions right there so that we can go, you know, deeper into certain avenues, but let's talk about, since you mentioned all of that, that's super fascinating findings. And, you know, I think even people without the evidence or research, right, they can, relate to this in some way, because they know some people that either have meditated or, you know, really saw some positive results from meditation. So it makes sense that, you know, your brain adapts to how we're using our brain. It makes sense that within eight weeks or so, you see these positive changes, right? But let's talk a little bit about when you're doing all of these types of meditation things, Mm -hmm. what is it like 
long term, I guess. If you go mm-hmm. with a if you go for a little bit without meditating, what mm-hmm. kind of I guess do you revert back to like your baseline before the meditation? Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the how important is consistency with meditation, mm-hmm. brain exercises, and things like that? Yeah. So the way that we think about it with focus calm, when we give people these trainings, we are trying to give them the right amount of training so they can see the results they want and they can uh, continue to improve. Um, and so that's how we've kind of designed the app and the different experiences. And we can talk about the whole like seven minutes of being in focus calm and things like that, uh, maybe a little bit later. Yes. But the core concept is it's like riding a bike. Okay. And once you learn how to ride a bike, if you kind of really uh, embody that skill, you really take it in. Even if you don't ride a bike for months, you're still going to remember how to do it, right? It might not always be the same with some really high skill uh, ability. Let's say you're a, a professional basketball player mm-hmm. and you take a year off from playing any basketball at all. Of course, you're still going to be able to play basketball <laughs> better than 99% of the people in the world, but you probably will not have uh, kept up your skills quite as much. So it's almost like any other type of skill where if you practice at first, you're probably going to suck at it and that's okay. <laughs> it's like any other skill, then you'll get better. You'll see benefits. You'll probably you know improve pretty quickly as you uh, do your practice. Maybe it'll be some times of plateauing, but then you can continue to always refine your practice. If you take some time off, if you built a good foundation, those benefits will stay with you. Um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be probably some effect where if you take too much time off, um, it's always a good idea to, to stay consistent in the things that we want to stay good at and the things that we want to improve. That's a great analogy. I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to that too. Like, you know, you need to have a foundational, like you said, you need to kind of embody or imprint kind of these basic fundamentals, right. When it comes to brain training, but then. You want to be, of course, as consistent as possible, but you know, if life happens and things like that, it does still pay great dividends moving forward. If you do spend time, you know, really taking care of your mind, uh, focusing on some of these exercises, right? I do want to get into next because we briefly touched on it, but kind of that neuroplasticity aspect of how your brain can adapt to things. So basically neuroplasticity, you can explain this probably a little better than I can, but it's Basically, we're adapting to the stimulus that's placed on us, you know, and our brain, of course, and we're able to adapt and figure out how to still be efficient, how to be safe, right, and do all the things that we need to do. And neuroplasticity can go both ways, right? We can adapt in a positive way, and we can adapt negatively too, right? Before you quite go full depth into that question, explain how like all of the disciplines and your partners, right, at BrainCo, how have they kind of come together to not only work on focus calm, but to work together in this one goal, right? To help to train people's brain to basically adapt and tolerate the world a little better, right? How does everyone's disciplines come into this company? Mm, What a great question. We are here to unlock the potential of brain computer interface technology for every human Mm -hmm. in the world. That's what we're trying to do. That's our mission. It takes a lot of different types of skills to make that happen. A lot on the science and research. Mm -hmm. We also need fantastic people on the product side, marketing side, sales side. You need the whole shebang to make this thing work. And through the years, we've developed different types of BCI applications, like I was mentioning before, um, prosthetics for amputees, education solutions, 
research solutions, uh, brain training solutions like FocusCom. And what it's come down to for us is understanding where the biggest amount of value is. Mm-hmm. Where is the alignment between who we are, what we want to do, and the technology that we believe we can develop? And where you find that overlap is where uh, you're going to have your greatest chance of success. So when when COVID hit, actually, okay. we were kind of taking a step back and thinking about where can we make the biggest impact possible. Uh, and we had been working a lot with Formula Medicine, which is an organization that trains uh, F1 race car drivers and other really elite level athletes. And we saw the impact that our technology was having with their work. We were helping, we were, they were using our technology for their work. And we said to ourselves, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we could provide similar types of high level training in a way that allowed people to deal, maybe not deal with going 200 miles an hour, yeah. but it can feel like that sometimes in life. It can feel like you're going 200 miles an hour, you know, white knuckling the, the, the steering wheel of life, so to speak. And so how can we help train people to be more calm, be more in flow, you know, enjoy the ease and grace that you get when you practice these mental skills and that was kind of the story of the alignment between what our technology is really good at, what our team wanted to, the type of impact we wanted to have on the world, and also the configuration of the the team that we had internally and what we believed we could accomplish. And that was kind of the spark that sent Focuscom into the uh, universe. One quick follow-up question with that. So with the F1 race uh, race car drivers, mm-hmm. what types of things were you typically hearing or feedback or what were what improvements yeah. were they seeing? Yeah, this is a, a really important concept. The concept is called mental efficiency. Okay. How efficient are you with your mental resources? Mm-hmm. If you are a race car driver, if you are white knuckling the steering wheel and getting super stressed and tense, you're going to burn out. And you're not going to be able to perform your best for very long. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true for, for anyone, nice. right? You need to kind of stay in a certain window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. If you get too highly aroused, you're going to stress yourself out. You're going to burn your reserves. You're going to end your day exhausted. If you mm-hmm. can stay in the pocket, stay in the zone, then you're going to be able to perform well and reserve um, or conserve your resources. So for the F1 drivers, that's that was their goal. the The realization was relaxation is fine and good, but you need to be able to turn it on when it matters most, which is during the race, during game time, during that big presentation, you know in our daily lives when we in- encounter conflict, can we stay calm? Meditation is great. But the other ninety nine percent of the time when you're not on your meditation pillow, how do you show up in the world in a better way, the way that you want to be calm and focused? So what we what we did was we thought about that process. We looked at what the F1 drivers were doing, you know, what our partners were doing with the F1 drivers, and we came up with this three-step process that we call learn, strengthen, challenge. First, you learn the skill of relaxation from a sports psychologist, a meditation teacher, a breathing expert. All these coaches or teachers are in the app. So you can learn the skill first, and you can see how it affects your brain. The next step, strengthen. We have different games where you practice strengthening this mental muscle through different neurofeedback games. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, once you've learned how to calm your mind, you'll then strengthen that ability by making a rocket ship fly on your smartphone. You'll be looking at your phone. You'll make a rocket ship fly by getting back into that calm zone, that focused calm zone. And as you do, the rocket ship will start to go faster and faster on your screen. So you strengthen your ability after you've learned. And then the last piece of the puzzle is the the most interesting one to me. 
is the challenge aspect. It's all good and fine to learn how to do it, to strengthen your ability, but now we need to put you in a high pressure situation. And how do we replicate that? High pressure situations is through executive function training. So like brain games that maybe you've seen before, like things that stress your memory or your sustained attention or your decision-making or your, your reaction time. They're games that you have to play and you have to get the answer right really quickly. But at the same time, you have to practice re, uh, remaining relaxed. If you want a high score, you have to perform your best, but you also simultaneously have to remain calm. And it's very hard. It's very difficult. That's why, that's why it's the challenge, the challenge step. But through this three-step process, you're able to learn skills, strengthen your ability to do them, and then learn how to apply them in pressure situations so that you can transfer those skills from your training to, to the real world. Yeah. That is awesome. And I did see some videos of your app and I, I like how I think the app, like for other companies too, you know, in related kind of performance field, but doing certain things, either vision training or, you know, some other type of training, the apps are really like gamified. I think that makes it you know, fun. It makes it almost addicting to try to strengthen and try to improve this and challenge yourself right in this realm. So I like that. We'll get into the app in a little bit. Let's talk about, so you took all of these strategies that you were applying to the race car drivers, right? And that's how you guys formulated the app or were you using the app on the race car drivers? So with formula medicine, they have their own really robust okay. training methods. Got it. Uh, and so we saw like the excellence of, of what they do with their, you know, uh, elite level trainers. Yes. We had been developing some other training methods ourselves too, with some of our other applications. And we kind of looked at what was, ha what was going on in these different, uh, different scenarios, pulled the best of the best from mm -hmm. what we could to make sense in a mobile device, something that someone could do this training at home by themselves and created those types of experiences. If you get the chance to, you know, work with coaches as excellent as the formula medicine staff, like that is a huge benefit, but not all of us have access to that. So what's the next best thing? The next best thing is to take best practices from all these different applications, all the research we've seen and package it into an experience people can have you know, wherever they go. Got it. So you guys had a lot of background or you started down this track of trying to create these exercises or these strategies, and then you just kind of collaborated or got the best of the best from the race car drivers and then combined it into your app, right? Yeah. And it's, and it hasn't stopped. Like we're still working with different coaches, different yes. breathing experts, different meditation teachers, understanding what are the things that people are trying to solve for. Like we have specific mm -hmm. programs that help people fall asleep quickly, uh, mm -hmm. deal with stress from work, wind down after a tough day, uh, start their day with the right types of intention. So it's really about gearing all this training towards the things that matter most to people. That's That's the right. mission. Got it. That is awesome. And I, I know that you guys will uncover a lot more great resources and it'll just progress and progress as, you know, time kind of goes on. Right. So let's talk about, you talked about these strategies, right? And we know that it will have anecdotally, it has a positive effect on all of us because we feel improvements whenever we do things like breathing exercises, meditation, but let's talk about that neuroplasticity component. So bringing it back there. Well, what is your team working on with that and what's the big message i guess for someone that's like what is yeah. neuroplasticity what's the yeah. big message there and how do these really help your brain to adapt in that positive way right right you are in the driver's seat huh. that is the big message you are in control of your brain and your life mm -hmm. everything that you do that you interact with that you've learned that you practice that becomes a habit 
it all changes your your body, your mind. It changes your brain. Your your whole system as a human is constantly changing uh, based on all the experiences that you have. Um, even the thinking that we do, if we are habitually thinking or believing something, it's going to be more likely that we'll continue to believe that thing. One of the rules of the of uh, I'm going to get a little out there. One of the rules of the universe is momentum. Uh-huh. Moment momentum rules. So as uh, <laughs> a similar way that in the physical world, momentum kind of carries things on. The momentum of your habits and your practices. Uh, matters a lot. I think that people might be able to relate to this. If you're not working out, you make up excuses for not working out. The second that you can just do one freaking push up, or yeah. you just get one good workout and you go, you know what? I kind of want to do that again tomorrow. Or right. I kind of want to do that again, even if it's just a little bit, but that momentum gets things going. So I think an easy way to understand this neuroplasticity business is your habits are reflected in your brain mm-hmm. and you can literally change your brain, the structure and function of your brain by continuously practicing new things or things that support the things that, uh, that you want. But, you know, a momentum goes in the other way, just like it's hard to work out. If you're not working out, if you're practicing silly beliefs, or beliefs that aren't so helpful, which we all do, we all do that. Uh-huh. They're more likely to stay there too. But the, the zoom out, zoom out with us. If you zoom out with us, the big picture is you're, you're in control. You get to make those decisions. And what Focus Calm does is empower you to make the right types of decisions that are going to help you achieve your goals, are going to help you be more focused, are going to help you be more calm. And like you're mentioning, in a way that can be really fun, it can be gamified. And that's what we want people to do, to enjoy this process as much as possible and practice the things that are going to get them what they want. Yes, that's well explained. And I like for anybody that's that's listening that this might be new to you, right? Neuroplasticity is with pretty much anything, every aspect of your life. Like you said, you're the driver, you're in control of how you're going to adapt to these stressors or external influences on you, right? I do want to chime in a little bit. So especially with rehabilitation, which is kind of my area of expertise, they're finding or we're finding now that there's so much more than just getting physical strength back. And it's even beyond mental, you know, confidence and things like that. It's like you said, depending how you're training, what kind of confidence you have on if you had surgery or you had an injury all of those things and how you practice that that's going to determine like actually can you execute the motor skills like how you want to perform or is it going to actually find like an alternative pathway which you said it might be okay but it's not the most efficient kind of throwing that word again Mm -hmm. efficient and because of that you're leaking performance or you might be more susceptible to injuries or other injuries right so that neuroplasticity component It's very important, I think, to understand how we're training or conditioning our brain with anything that you're trying to do. It doesn't matter if it's sports, if it's musical talents, if it's just trying to be more focused and calm at work, right? All of these types of things, they are going to help us determine how we're going to handle or cope with certain stressors that we uh, go through our day, right? Do you have anything to add to that? I think that that was brilliant. That was brilliant, Andrew. You know, one one of the analogies is your body responds to working out, right? Like any amount of kind of physical exercise, your body will respond to it. Yes. And the same thing is true for your mental workouts or your mental fitness or your mental wellness. Any amount of this practice, you're going to respond to it, good or bad. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the human body is super resilient. So if you don't work out for a while, that's not great. 
but you're still going to be okay. And you still have the opportunity to, to pick those skills back up again. And same thing for our mental health and wellness, mm-hmm. not doing practices and kind of just you know sit, sitting on the quote unquote couch, uh, the ca- being a couch potato of your mental fitness or mental wellness probably isn't the best. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is you always have the opportunity to to get up and, and start doing those those mental fitness or that your, your physical fitness, really whatever. Um, and that's really what I want to impart on people is like you can do this. You can start at any time. And as you do it, you will always respond. Your mind will always respond to to these types of practices in a beneficial way, similar to I think the clients that you work with. Mm-hmm. You know, the body responds when you give it a, a physical stimulus and your mind responds when you give it the right type of stimulus too. Yes, that's awesome. Let's jump into the technology now so that listeners understand, you know, we're going to kind of give them or walk them through this experience. So let's talk about the technology, how you're assessing brainwaves. And obviously this gets super technical, but you can just give us the brief rundown so we understand what the headband is doing and what kinds of things you're looking at with the app. Sure. So here's the headband. Um, It's really low profile. It's very simple, lightweight. Mm -hmm. It takes about 10 seconds to put on. It's like a heart rate monitor for your brain. So there's no signals going into your brain. We're just measuring the electrical activity that your brain naturally produces, is constantly producing. Mm-hmm. And the way that that whole thing works is your brain is made up of about 100 billion neurons, brain cells. And one way in which they communicate is through these electrical signals. And when enough of your brain cells fire in unison, the signal is clear enough and strong enough for us to detect on your scalp. So right now on your forehead, there are these subtle electrical signals that are making their way from your brain all all the way out to your skin. Mm -hmm. And so the headband has these gold-plated sensors Mm -hmm. that make contact with your forehead, just like kind of like a heart rate monitor for your brain. And we're looking at the pulses coming from your brain. And one way to, to think about it is when you're asleep and you're not even dreaming, you can imagine your brain's kind of pulsing at a bit slower of a rate. If you're awake but relaxed, maybe it's a little quicker. And if you're really highly stressed, you can imagine your brain's going a mile a minute, the neurons are firing super, super quick. So what we're looking for is the differences in your brain activity, and we're using a really advanced approach based on machine learning that looks at over a thousand features in your brain signal every single second. And we're comparing the signature we see coming from your brain to our model of what a really relaxed brain looks like or what a really stressed brain looks like. And we're able to give you your focus calm score, which goes from zero all the way to 100. 100 means your mind looks really at ease. You're not using a lot of mental energy. Your mind is at rest. And a really low score, closer to zero, means your brain's using a ton of energy. It's going really, really fast. Maybe it means you're really, really, really active or maybe even really, really stressed. And what we train people to do through the learn, strengthen, challenge process is to raise their focus calm score, be more at ease even when they're facing these uh, taxing situations in the challenge step. Got it. Obviously, this is very, you know, based on a lot of research and even just to have a consumer device, right, to record and read the electrical signals coming out of your brain. Can you explain a little bit, you know, understanding that there's the gamut of scores, right? Explain a little bit on average, I guess, I don't like to use normal, but, you know, normal ranges of someone that's like, let's say you're, at a day of work, you have a stressful meeting, right? Like where do we usually sit versus like yeah. if you're playing a physical activity, like in a game, where are we right. usually sitting kind of in this scale of zero to hundred just to get an idea? Yeah. 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 It depends on the person and and the environment, of course, and any training that you've done. Mm-hmm. But the 
the thing that typically happens uh, is when you put your the headband on and you're just kind of looking at your score, not really doing much, you're probably around 40 to 60 right in the middle. If you make an intention to put your mind at ease and kind of let go and relax, your score will naturally start to rise within a few seconds. Okay. And the better you get at this, like particularly if you have skill in meditation, you can go really, really high, really, really quick. Mm. So just like any skill, you get better and better at controlling this mindset. If um, you're at you know 40 to 60, you're kind of hanging out, and then something kind of surprises you or mm. stresses you out, or you get kind of like a, a little bit of a jolt, your score will drop pretty quickly too. Mm-hmm. So the score is fluid. It's always changing. Yeah. Uh, but kind of to tie it back to what we were talking about before about being in the driver's seat, because it's always changing, that also means you always have an opportunity to get it to, to lean in the direction that you want. Got it. No, that's super interesting. So you have one sensor in the front, right? Is it detecting any other, I don't even really understand this, you can fill in the gaps, but is it yeah. detecting any other sections or lobes of your brain or how yeah. does that kind of tie in or make a difference to what you're doing? So there's three sensors um, in the front right here. Okay. So it's touching three little spots on your forehead. Okay. Um, and it's not like you can feel anything from the sensors. It's just, that's just where they're located. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you put the headband on. And because they're located on the frontal front mm-hmm. uh, front of your head, your forehead, yes. we are picking up a lot of activity from your entire brain. Like the way EEG works is uh, you're picking up activity that your brain is producing. So even parts of your brain that aren't quite in the frontal regions, mm-hmm. um, because the, the sensors are here, and the way that your brain works, we're getting kind of like a general impression of your brain state. Okay. So the sensors are are mostly focused on the the frontal region because of the the placement, but it is kind of getting this this holistic view of what's going on in your brain. When you start adding more sensors, you can get more specific, and there are models that can predict where the activity is coming from, and um, you know different parts of your brain have different functions. And, you know, for example, if you put sensors on the back of your head on your occipital lobe, you can pick up a lot more of the processing that's going on with your visual system. So if you're interested in, you know, what's the type of information that your visual system is processing, it's better to have the sensors back here. We chose three sensors in the forehead location for uh, ease of use and accessibility. The more sensors you add, number one, it gets more expensive. And number two, especially if you start having sensors that are located where your hair is, it gets more complicated to to get a signal. But by Mm -hmm. keeping them on the forehead, it's really, really simple. That's something that we get complimented a lot on our our headband is it's one of the, if not the easiest consumer brainwave sensing headbands to use. You can put it on within a few seconds. You can see your score. The Bluetooth is really, really reliable so that the user can focus on the actual training experience rather than fussing with you know this technology and, and getting frustrated. We spent a lot of time making sure this was as easy to use as possible and someone with no neuroscience experience, mm-hmm. you know, can can start using it within just a few minutes. Yes. No, that makes a lot of sense now. And yes, especially like conductivity with hair, right? Especially if, you know, you can't control that, right? It's not directly on your skin. So obviously it's going to impede the signals and what you're sensing so that makes a lot of sense and it looks like it's very lightweight it's easy to put on right so let's jump into now once you have the headband set up and you have it connected to your phone what is the app experience like so when you open the app the you'll get a little tutorial about a lot of these core concepts that you and I are talking about. So as a user you can understand what this is, how it works and what it's for. And then on the home screen you will immediately see your focus calm score. One of the really cool things about this experience is you're always connected to your brain while you have the app open and the headband on. You can always see your focus calm score. 
<laughs> and so once you're on the homepage, then we have all different types of content and the content is split into some of those categories like learn strength and challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, we kind of categorize it into meditations and games. Okay. So the meditations are where you learn the games are where you strengthen and challenge. And so for, for the games, as an example that I gave before the rocket ship, that would be a strengthening game. And so we have all different types of games that work with a similar, a similar mechanic where the more relaxed you are, you can see your focus comm score changing in real time and you get more points by, by making the rocket ship fly. Or we have another game where there's a campfire and you make the campfire grow. And as it grows, it starts yeah. melting marshmallows and you're trying to <laughs> melt as many marshmallows as possible. Uh, so, so we basically have like a whole catalog. And then we also have programs where if you want to solve a specific issue or work on a specific okay. issue, like we we're mentioning sleep, anxiety, et cetera, you can get taken through that three-step process uh, in this it. kind of guided fashion to, to get the benefit. And for the user experience, how long are some of these games or how long is a session, I guess? And how frequently do you recommend, just for the average person, I guess, how frequently do you recommend this per week or how long? Right. Yeah, oh, that's a great question. So all of our research is, is based on people doing one program per day and a program takes about 15 minutes. Okay. So we, we want this to be bite-sized, right? So the meditations are six to 10 minutes long. The game, the uh, calm games, which are part of the strengthened step are about two minutes long. And same thing with the focus games. They're only a couple of minutes long. So 15 minutes per day. And what we've seen in our research is that completing about 20 sessions, if you can get 20 sessions under your belt, uh, you're more likely to see statistically significant improvements in well-being, uh, reductions in burnout, reductions in anxiety. So it's 15 minutes of training. And then there's one other little secret of the app, uh, which is that if you meditate, you can sit down for 20 minutes and not really know how well it went. After 20 minutes, you open your eyes and you ask yourself, what the hell did I just do? Did that do anything? <laughs> yes. uh, what we have found is when you do this type of training, if you can get your brain into that calm, at ease, high focus, calm state, if you can get into that state for just seven minutes in a given day, that's kind of the threshold for seeing a lot of these benefits. So wow. if you have 15 minutes to do training, or if you can even just get into that high focus calm zone for seven minutes a day, uh -huh. after about 20 times doing that, you're much more likely to see all these significant benefits and well-being. Wow, that's really interesting. And I like how you give us some, you know, rules of thumb. Obviously, it depends on your experience, your training level and all of those things. But at least it kind of gives people an understanding, especially if you're just starting off what to kind of expect, you know, what to focus on. Obviously, you have to do the exercises in the games well, but you can see benefit relatively quickly. I mean, we're talking about if you do it every day in less than a month, you could notice some improvements, right? Definitely. Now, let's switch over to a lot of athletes out there or, you know, anyone that's looking to just perform better, right? Yeah. Now they're seeing some improvements. What are some of the feedback that you hear or that you've witnessed with performance? Like what, how do you see this translate into sports activities, life? What are they telling you with yeah. their experience after some training? So there's a few big categories. One big category is that well-being matters. We're mm -hmm. all human. We all need to think about our, our mental wellness and mental fitness. Mm -hmm. And so just helping people reduce stress is a good thing. Helping people learn to fall asleep more quickly or have more control over their mindset is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Helping people get into the right mindset before they perform 
is uh, really important. Uh, and so the things that we have seen are uh, measured improvement at visualization abilities. Uh, we did a study with some professional athletes uh, who were injured and they were looking to, to get back into, into play. And we measured all different types of well-being and, and also kind of other performance-based metrics uh, as it relates to their mental fitness. And the thing that stood out most was the people who practice with Focus Calm improved the most at being able to visualize themselves playing successfully. I think you, you might see this with some of your clients. Mm -hmm. The injury is the injury, and, and that's not good. But also, it cr can create fear or hesitation or anxiety around performing again. Mm -hmm. And if we can uh, reduce that, then that's going to have a tremendous effect both on their mental well-being, their ability to perform, and maybe even uh, reducing the chances of re-injury because they're more confident, they're more at ease, they're more in flow. So it's it's kind of, it, it kind of runs the gamut in terms of the benefits when you can train your mind and your brain, then yes, your well-being is going to improve. Yes, your ability to get ready to perform is going to improve. Your ability to manage your emotions and your stress is going to improve. Mm -hmm. And kind of the, the holistic vision or view is it's not just about the sport. Now you have these skills in the rest of your life too, and your other relationships and the other things that you're pursuing, you know, have a broader range of tools in your toolbox to perform well at those things too. Yes. That's a great explanation of, you know, all of the things that I like how you said it's holistic, right? There's so many spillover benefits in all these different areas of your life because it's your well-being again. Now, I understand that, or for athletes, right? Understanding that consistent training is really what matters. Even when, when you're talking about, you know, physical attributes, you need to be consistently training physically so that you can perform, right? Same thing with this app. You need to consistently use it. But is there a, a way that athletes use this, like kind of to integrate into their pregame or their warm up? Is there some type of benefit in having not only physical warm up, but even mental warm up, right? So that you can handle these stressors that you encounter in games or practices. Explain a little bit about how athletes use it as a warm up. That's a good question. Um, and it opens up the door to a really interesting concept, which is people, different people need different levels of activation before they perform. Yes. Some people are really high strung and they need to come way down so they can get into that, the pocket, they can get into the zone of their, their genius, the zone of them being able to perform. Some people are really chilled out and they need to upregulate. They need to get more excited. They need to get more focused so that they can get into that window, uh, that zone where they can perform their best. And so we have relaxation games. We have focus games to help people kind of modulate their brain activity and get into the zone they need to be in. So one of the um, uh, world's best tennis players uh, will upregulate before she competes okay. because that's that's what she needs to kind of be in that more focused zone. Mm -hmm. We have other, another example might be, we have some elite weightlifters who maybe lean towards the performance anxiety side, okay. which I guess really makes sense in their sport because yeah. everything is on the line with just yeah. a couple of lifts. So yeah. they might do more of the calming activities. So it's really about what you're about to, what environment you're about to step into, uh, understanding where you are and where you need to be to perform your best. And the the training and the app can help you do that. Got it. There's so many, you know, things to think about and consider with the mental aspect. And I mean, I think it's 
it's always been important, right? But I would say within the past five to 10 years, even there's so much more light being shed on this area of training mental well-being or just focusing on mental health, right? In general, which is kind of exactly what you're talking about. Maybe a lot of people didn't think about it before. Like, what is my mental state at before I compete or practice and all of that? And it's just kind of like just something that you overlook and you just go into practice every day. But these little things, I think it can make, give you that little bit of an advantage when you're performing or practicing that will make a lot of significant returns in the long run. So I like how you kind of explained that. I do want to get into, so we talked about a lot of the interventions, you know, breathing, motivation, things that are actually changing how your brain functions. I'm kind of curious, is there... So I briefly mentioned to you before we started recording, like transcranial magnetic stimulation, right? There's all of these other treatments that are also coming to light based off of research and evidence. This isn't my area of expertise, full disclosure. So you can fill in any of the gaps that I might not be explaining right. But how much of this is like what practices you do that kind of changes how your brain functions? Or is there another approach, I guess, or angle to look at this where they're looking at treating your brain in some way with some type of magnetic stimulation, direct current stimulation. How does that, I guess, going the other route, how does that affect how you actually perform or your mood, how you see the world, how you tolerate things, right? Can you explain a little bit about that just to give our listeners kind of the full gamut of like, oh yeah, there are other things, but how is this different? Yeah. Yeah. How to understand the brain's role in well-being and performance. Yes. If you had open brain surgery and they start stimulating certain parts of your brain, you will, you could potentially have a wildly different experience than you are right now. You could start hysterically laughing. You could have this really emotional experience. They could stimulate a different part of your brain and it could prevent your ability to even speak. Like Mm -hmm. your brain is really one of the major hubs of the human experience that you have. Mm -hmm. And when you stimulate it, either through brain training or, you know, even exercise changes your brain. If you stimulate your brain, you're going to change your human experience Mm -hmm. and the transcranial magnetic stimulation and the direct current stimulation, all these different technologies are affecting the brain. So they will have some sort of uh, impact on your experience. Mm -hmm. So I think to, if you want to, if you want to look at it from a bird's eye view, Yes. They're all mo- they're all modalities of mm-hmm. impacting the brain. And like we just said, the brain is kind of the the throughway from which your human experience comes from. Mm-hmm. So exercise is a way to affect your body and brain. Uh, focus calm is a way of affecting your brain. Uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation is a way of affecting your brain. Medication is a way of yes. affecting your brain, right? If you mm-hmm. take drugs or you take medications, it's going to affect uh, it's going to affect your brain and all those things change your experience. Mm-hmm. I think the thing, the thing that's important to me is what are the things that fit who you are? Mm-hmm. I don't need a hundred thousand dollar transcranial magnetic stimulation device. Uh, I need a focus calm that costs a few hundred bucks for me to get the benefit that I'm looking for. Some mm-hmm. other people, maybe they need to go to the hospital and get transcranial magnetic stimulation. So I think one aspect to think about is like, what do I need in the moment to get mm-hmm. the impact that I want? And then the other really important thing is, what is gonna be sustainable? Yes. Do I want to be taking Adderall every single day yes. before I study for my test or before I go mm-hmm. to work out? Or 
Um, you know, do I want to be, you know, doing whatever other practice? Is it a sustainable practice or do I want to be training the skill of focus, training the skill of, of meditation and relaxation through something like focus calm or other modalities? Do I want to be training something that's going to give me a intrinsic or inherent skill that I can take with me? That's maybe a bit more sustainable. So 30,000 foot view is all these inputs are changing the brain, changing your experience. Find the one that fits your goals mm -hmm. and also I would recommend finding one that's sustainable, that can take you further long-term, that maybe doesn't have any detrimental effects. Yes. No, that's an excellent, excellent explanation because, you know, a lot of, even for myself, but the general consumer, we don't have this bird's eye view of understanding how all of these things are going to affect the brain and how it's going to impact or, you know, help you in some type of mental well-being, right? But looking at that, that makes sense looking at what kinds of things will fit you. And I think this, it's definitely sustainable because you'll make it into something part of your routine, right? And it doesn't take, you don't have to go to a physical location. You don't have to, you know, have all of these hurdles to jump through. It's literally just putting the ban on and going on your phone and doing some of the daily training that is just like anything else that you do, right? It's kind of like, normal hygiene, right? you're going to do your hygiene in the morning. This is part of like your hygiene for your mental health. So I like how you explained that. Let's talk a little bit about, obviously, this is a relatively new company, right? So talk a little bit about what has some of the, I don't want to say resistance, but maybe like hurdles, like what are some of the things that questions that you get asked commonly or some of the big obstacles to just create more awareness about focus calm, but just about this part how important this part of health is, right? What are some yeah. things that you want to share to the listeners that are wondering or may have these same questions that you encounter probably yeah. daily, right? Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's such a great question. You know, the, the big one is um, safety, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why we really talk about it's a, it's passively measuring the activity that your brain is naturally producing, just like a heart rate monitor. It works in a very similar way. In fact, uh, this type of technology, EEG technology, if you've ever seen a picture of someone with a bunch of wires coming off their head from like a sleep study or, or maybe, you know, measuring different brain activity for people, different neurological conditions like epilepsy or seizures, it's that same technology that's been around for a hundred years. We just package it in a way that you can use at home safely and easily for the, the effect of improved well-being and performance. So it's really, really uh, safe, commonly used technology. All the testing that we do is above and beyond what we need to, to make sure that it's really easy and safe to use. I think that's, that's, that's the big one. And then the other one is, there is, like you mentioned, Andrew, a greater awareness or appreciation for mental health, particularly in sports. Mm -hmm. We're seeing, you know, athletes talk about mental health and well-being and it, its importance for them as humans and importance for them and their performance. We're also seeing, you know, this huge uptake in the past 10 years of meditation with like apps like Calm and Headspace. In fact, a lot of our users have tried those things and they want something that's a bit more measurable. They want something that's a bit more gamified, a bit more engaging. Uh, so we have a lot of people coming over from there. So we have this kind of uh, mental health, especially in sports, uh, impact of meditation that we're seeing on the culture. And also this idea of connected fitness, the Pelotons of the world, the tonals of the world, right? It's hardware, software, measured training for yes. fitness. This is hardware, software, measured training for mental fitness and well-being. Uh -huh. and I think these are the things that are contributing to people being aware of this. Uh, but really the the biggest kind of things that we need to educate people on are the things you and I are talking about, which is you can change your brain. You are in control. You can do it in a measured scientific way. These practices work and let's have fun while we do them. Yes. So it's really just kind of showing people and explaining, you know, things like neuroplasticity 
um, so that they they get the deal and they and they want to try it. Yes, and talk a little bit about so athletes have been you know buying into this, practicing this, seeing the benefits. Have you guys looked at kind of the age spectrum, like how young athletes are starting to actually incorporate this? Because I would assume like your brain is a lot more plastic at a younger age. So what can you give any insight on that? Like high school, high school athletes, is this something that younger. a lot of people, even younger, when do yeah. you think, well, all of us should be using this, but what <laughs> do you think is, would be like the ideal window to actually mm-hmm. start to incorporate some of this? Cause you mentioned at the beginning, like you started meditating when you were six years old, you know, and obviously you carried a lot of those practices with you throughout life and your career. But what's kind of that ideal window for not even sports, just health and general living in general. Yeah. I think it's important that people have some sort of mental health practice, Mm -hmm. whether that's focus calm or meditation or even seeing a therapist or, you know, talking with a friend, going for walks in nature. We all need Mm -hmm. things to support our mental health. Of course. Right. Like we all need things. And the, the vision with focus calm is to make something effective, easy, and accessible for um, younger people. They rock at focus comp. They just get it. One, it's a game, which they love. Two, as soon as they see the feedback, they don't get in their heads. And they're not like, oh, <laughs> crap, the rocket ship's going down. Oh, no. Oh, good. They just go, oh, okay, now it's doing this. Now it's doing this. Okay, let me use my breathing practice I just learned. Okay, now it's going up. Like, it's a very direct one-to-one, their experience, mm-hmm. which is a benefit for them in terms <laughs> of their training. But we've had people as young as five and six years old, mm-hmm. again, because it's so safe to use and so easy to use and gamified, mm-hmm. start to practice this and the kind of the awakening. And this is true for everyone, but it's, it's interesting to see it in kids is when you see that you can control your brain in just a few seconds of trying this light bulb goes off and you go, Holy crap, I am in the driver's seat. I can change this mystical magical thing in between my ears called my brain. And I can do it pretty quickly. Just by uh, applying some of these practices, I can make this rocket ship fly higher, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's awakening people to the fact that they they are in control, they are in the driver's seat. Uh, and we've seen benefits in in really young kids, you know, maybe kids who have trouble with attention issues or want to or really anyone who wants to improve their ability to, to be calm and focused and present. Um, yeah, we've seen it across across age spans. Yes. That's awesome. So, you know, everyone can use this. Let's talk a little bit about availability. How do they get a hold of the hardware? We can also give them the link to your website. I'll put it in the show notes as well. So why don't you share a little bit more information about that? Sure. Yeah. So if you go to www.focuscalm.com, F-O-C-U-S-C-A-L-M.com, you can get uh, the headband. Headband's $199, right? So we're, we're making this as accessible as we can. And then you can decide if you want a monthly subscription or an annual subscription, or if you just want to go all in, you can get a lifetime subscription from our website. Okay. Lifetime subscription is $149. So like the most expensive version, right? It's going to be $350 if you want lifetime subscription and the hardware okay. uh, or the hardware by itself is $199. And we'll work, we'll work out a discount for your listeners too. Oh, awesome. Um, so that, that, that they can try Focuscom even easier. But yeah, the Focuscom website has information on the science, information on things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you can order your yours there too. Got it. And I'm, I'm sure that as you guys learn more features or get more games on the app, then all of that gets updated pretty regularly too. So you'll, oh, yeah. with the lifetime access, that's like a steal. I mean, you'll have forever access to the app, right? Yeah. Use all of these things. So that's awesome to hear. Before we sign off, there was so many great, inf- so much great information that you shared. Talk about just the 
take home message of like why people should just give this a shot because you know mm -hmm. obviously a lot more athletes they're really interested in performance and they're trying to mm -hmm. get that little bit of an edge right advantage but just for the average person because i mm -hmm. think that's where it makes the biggest difference and like you said yeah. you're trying to give or get these resources out to pretty much everybody to unlock their mental health and well-being so for the average listener how important is this for them and i know we talked about it a lot but why should they just try it out? You know, if you care about being more calm in your relationships at work, at home, or letting go a little bit more so you mm -hmm. can enjoy life or maybe even fall asleep a little bit quicker, yes, then this is for you. You want some practice. And if you want a practice that's fun, that's measurable so you can actually see what's happening and see your progress and measure your progress. And one that's focused on playing different games and learning from experts and being connected with the type of training that elite level athletes are doing that meditator, that long-term meditators are doing that, you know, uh, we have people from every walk of life using focus calm, then this is something that, that you need to try. And if I step out of my, my role as a, Yes. president of this company, the message that I want to share with everyone is these practices are important. A little bit every day is going to change your life. Find the practice that matters the most to you, whether that's focus calm or not, but find a practice that you like, mm -hmm. just like some people like jogging, some people like lifting weights, some people like yoga, focus calm might be that for you. Uh, and we've designed it in a way where it's super accessible. You get to learn about yourself and your brain and you get to have fun playing these games so that you can be more calm and more focused. And that's, that's my message for everyone. That's an awesome message. And the last thing I want to ask is, where do you see the future of not only Focus Calm, but the future of the industry, right? Mm -hmm. This is obviously something that's leading the way, very innovative. It's a way that we can actually assess and do things in real time with feedback. I think that's the huge component that you guys have is the feedback component. Because like you said, I've been using Headspace too. You know, it's something that I try to do daily. But that, it's like some days, you know, you're just... Thoughts are going everywhere. You don't have any feedback. You're just trying to follow along the guided meditation. But this, I think, is so different because like with anything, if you have the feedback and you're trying to actually make a change, that's huge because like, you know, with anything else, you can do the same thing over and over. But if you're not making the adequate adjustments or change, it's not going to be that effective. So getting off tangent, but... Explain That's a little right. bit of where the future of the industry is going. What kind of things you guys are working on in the future of Focus Calm? Whatever you're willing to share too. I know there's a lot of things that you might not want to share publicly yet, but explain a little bit about that. Yeah, the future holds more access mm -hmm. to our potential mm -hmm. as it relates to our mental abilities. Mm -hmm. You have the mental ability to focus. You use it every day maybe it sucks or maybe it's really good. <laughs> Depends how much practice you have and who you are and, and every, a lot of different factors, but it's an ability that you have your ability to be calm under pressure, your ability to let go and to forgive and to move on with your life and to enjoy the time that you have. These are all habits and skills that you can build and grow. Mm -hmm. And so the future holds easier, more accessible, more personalized insights and training and outcomes for everyone. So you can learn about yourself, you can understand yourself, you can see your blind spots, you can train them in a fun and engaging way so the rest of your life is brighter and bigger.
So the, the future is going to be filled with people who have the tools necessary to live the type of lives that they want. And focus calm is the start of that for the world to train their brains to be more focused and more calm so they can get more out of their training. They can get more out of work. They can get more out of whatever pursuit they have. But the future has, has billions of people who have access to this type of outcome and these types of results. Mm-hmm. And our job is to make it as accessible as possible, make it as engaging as possible, make it personalized for the things that you care about as an athlete or as a person, uh, and to give the insight, feedback, and data so that it's validated, it's measured, and it's engaging. No, thanks for all of that information. And yes, like you said, I know if people try it, do it intentionally a little bit every day, it's going to make a world of a difference in all these different aspects of your life, right? It's your mental well-being, but so much more, your entire well-being and how you're going to function throughout the day. But that was a lot of information. I mean, thanks so much for sharing. I know we could have probably talked for a lot longer going into all of the depths of this, but I think that was a good base understanding for what focus calm is kind of what is out there and how to actually implement this into your daily routine right other than that do you have any last words no i just want to say thank you this was such a tremendous opportunity for us to be able to share our messages and our, our vision and our story yes. so andrew i just want to say thank you for for your time too this was <laughs> so much fun thank you yes thank you so much i will put everything up in the show notes and it was a pleasure talking to you and check out focus calm Go look at their resources, their information on their website. And of course, if you feel like it's a good fit for you, go check it out and get one for yourself. But thanks so much for joining me, Max. Of course. Thanks, Andrew.